Hello and welcome to Socialism, the weekly Marxist analysis podcast from the Socialist Party. Recent events in Venezuela, with an attempted pro-imperialist right-wing coup, have reignited discussion and debate on what type of regime exists there. Defenders of capitalism say that the social catastrophe in Venezuela proves that socialism doesn't work. But in today's episode, we outline that in reality it only proves that attempting reforms without taking the step of fundamentally transforming society along socialist lines doesn't work. If you agree, get in touch to find out more about joining the Socialist Party by visiting socialistparty.org.uk forward slash join. Now, over to Sarah Rack. I'm here today with Tony Somwa, who is the secretary of the CWI, the international organisation that the Socialist Party is part of. Hi, Tony. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about recent events in Venezuela, which have been uh, in the press a lot here. Um, So to start with, Tony, why is what's happening in Venezuela at the moment relevant for us here in Britain? Why why do we care about it? (laughs) Well, I think there's two main reasons. One is, of course, because uh, as socialists and internationalists, we'd be extremely concerned about uh, any development internationally and the effect that it's having on the working people of Venezuela and indeed, in this case, the working people of the whole of Latin America. Uh, But on the other side, there is a a further dimension to uh, the developments as to why it is particularly important uh, for the position here in Britain. And that is because we see in the reaction of the right wing in Venezuela, the reaction of Trump in the United States and the whole of the EU ruling classes, how they've reacted to try and overthrow the Maduro and the Chavez regime. And that has important lessons and important implications as to how the ruling class would react to the coming to power of a Corbyn-led government if it attempted to carry through a a serious policy of radical reform in the interests of working people here in Britain. So there's very many lessons that we have to draw from the developments in Venezuela because they will have a direct bearing on the future of Britain should uh, Jeremy Corbyn succeed in forming a new radical left Labour government in the future. Absolutely, and we should come back to those lessons a bit later. But to start with, I suppose... um, Can you just give us an overview, really, of what has happened in the last couple of weeks in Venezuela? Well, I think what we've seen in Venezuela in the last couple of weeks has been yet a further attempt, and it's probably the third or fourth attempt by the right wing inside Venezuela, representing the interests of the oligarchs and the ruling class, together with the representatives of international capitalism, have launched a new offensive to try and overthrow the Maduro government. You've seen... um, the intervention of Juan uh, Guaido, uh, the president of the National Assembly, uh, who was previously a relatively unknown figure, or not a particularly significant or important figure in Venezuela, has now declared himself the self-appointed president of Venezuela. And of course, he's been recognised immediately by Donald Trump uh, and by other uh, representatives of European capitalism. And absolutely scandalously, You've seen the complete capitulation by the so-called socialists in the socialist parties in uh, Spain, the socialist party of France, the socialist party of Portugal, all have uh, sold their souls and fallen in behind um, uh, Guaido and accepted his uh, 
self-appointment as a new president. They've called mass demonstrations uh, in support of, uh, of the opposition. But at the same time, what we've seen is the mass demonstrations which have taken place in defence of the Maduro government. And that's something that's been expunged from the, um, from the uh, global press and media where we've seen really a, a, a clear policy of fake news, where the pro-Maduro government demonstrations have just been marginalised and uh, barely reported. And the biggest mistake, really, they've made uh, is that uh, the Maduro government has been able to uh, mobilise mass support in the last uh, few days, really, in response to the declaration of Donald Trump the military intervention was not off the agenda. And because of the role of US imperialism historically, where they've been responsible for the organising of a whole series of military dictatorships, of direct military intervention in El Salvador, Nicaragua, Chile, Argentina, uh, the whole of Latin America, really, that has enraged the Venezuelan population, who were not satisfied with the Maduro government. It's true. But that does not mean to say they've been prepared to support uh, the intervention of U.S. imperialism militarily or in any other form. And uh, we have now had the prospect of a major conflict developing within uh, side Venezuela, where you couldn't exclude, as Maduro himself has uh, warned, of the situation being plunged into uh, a civil war uh, position. Um, but we have to see how events um, unfold. But uh, U.S. imperialism through its intervention, is not going to get it it's all in its own way. And that's been reflected in the course of the last, um, the last uh, few days in particular. You saw the strike that was called by the, in the oil company, the state-owned oil company, by the trade unions there, and the mass demonstration of the oil workers in response to uh, Trump's uh, threat to impose sanctions to freeze the funds of the uh, oil company uh, in, in Venezuela. And that was followed by on Saturday by the convening of mass demonstrations throughout the country in support of the Maduro government. It's true, the right-wing opposition also had very large dem uh, demonstrations, but as a major division now uh, has opened up, and we'll see how that conflict uh, plays out in the course of the next period. Okay, so to maybe go into a bit more detail about the two sides of that division then, starting with... Um, Maduro, how would you describe the the Maduro regime? And I suppose a lot of people will be questioning what what type of country is Venezuela now? Is it a socialist country? That's, well, that's the fundamental uh, issue, really, that I think we had to address. Maduro came to power as president uh, following the death of Hugo Chavez in uh, 2013. And that represented an important point of departure. But to really characterise the Maduro regime now. We have to go back a little bit to what happened with the election of uh, Hugo Chavez in 1999. And as the CWI pointed out at the time, his election represented a decisive change because he was the first uh, government to come to power uh, internationally in that era, clearly with an agenda uh, of opposition to the neoliberal policy. He didn't speak about socialism at that stage. He spoke about uh, build, developing a Bolivarian revolution, of ending the uh, discrimination between rich and poor, which existed in the country, against corruption, and put quite a radical ag uh, agenda forward. And that was immensely popular. But then in 2002, 
there was an attempted military coup by the far right to overthrow him. And that triggered a ferocious response as the workers and the poor flooded onto the streets in defence of uh, Hugo Chavez. Uh, and the coup was defeated. And by the way, US imperialism was involved in that coup, attempted coup as well. But that was defeated. And then uh, following that, a whole revolutionary wave opened up in uh, Venezuela. Chavez himself was pushed further to the left by this m phenomenal pressure that developed from uh, the Venezuelan workers. Factories were occupied. Chavez himself began to speak about socialism and they embarked upon a very radical reform policy in health and education in particular. Uh, some sectors of the economy were taken into public ownership. There was uh, factory occupations which had, had taken place and some elements of workers' control uh, existed in some of the uh, key sectors. Uh, and that was all very positive from uh, the point of view of the Socialist Party, from the point of view of the CWI. But there was important deficiencies in that particular uh, process because despite the revolutionary waves, the attacks <coughs> and incursions that were made against capitalism by uh, the Chavez-led uh, government, nevertheless, it didn't move to conclusively overthrow uh, capitalism and establish a, a genuine democratic socialist plan of uh, production. And there was a big weakness in the whole movement. A lot of it, and it goes back to the uh, weakness of the Venezuelan working class movement historically, a lot of it was carried down in quite an administrative, top-ended uh, top uh, measures from uh, top to bottom, where there wasn't the real elements of democratic workers' control, democratic uh, workers' management, and a real check. And as a result of that, you had the emergence of a phenomenally uh, st strengthened bureaucratic caste, which uh, in the recent years has become extremely corrupt, have got... Uh, have got their own vested interests. In fact, in Venezuela, they uh, developed a term for it where they dubbed it the Boli Bourgeoisie, uh, the Bolivarian bourgeois, uh, which is what uh, developed, who were very well-paid uh, and very corrupt uh, in individuals within this particular process. Now, that situation has been compounded since the death of Chavez, since the um, coming to power of Maduro, the bureaucratic features, the repressive features have uh, increased. We've also seen the uh, consequences of economic sabotage by US imperialism. The sanctions have had a devastating effect uh, of that. There is no question at all. But it's been compounded by the fact the government didn't take measures to overthrow capitalism. It allowed the national capitalist class to uh, conduct a policy of economic sabotage. Maduro, unfortunately, sought, uh, sought to try and reach an agreement to secure a pact with uh, the capitalist class. And now you've seen uh, an economic catastrophe uh, has developed where the economy has plunged into a, a hyperinflationary nightmare where they're expected uh, or anticipating inflation can reach 10 million percent, if anybody can imagine uh, that, uh, in the course of this year, uh, according to the IMF. You have a collapse of all of the reform packages in health and education, which has uh, taken place. An estimated 10 percent of the population have fled because of the uh, spiralling social violence and economic uh, uh, collapse. We have a disastrous uh, uh, situation. And from that point of view, you, we, we would not 
uh, defend the policies that have uh, uh, been introduced by the Maduro uh, government. We're completely opposed to Trump's intervention. We're completely opposed to the right-wing attempted coup, which is what it uh, is, um, which is being carried through in the interests of capitalism. But at the same time, we can't have confidence or trust in the policies of the Maduro government and the working class of Venezuela itself needs to move again onto the offensive to take power into its own hands and defeat uh, ca- capitalism and overthrow uh, capitalism and establish a genuine form of, of uh, socialism. What you have at the moment in Venezuela, they've used a bit of socialist rhetoric, but you have really more of a policy of, uh, of a mixed economy, of a capitalist economy with strong elements of uh, a state intervention in it. But that's been... Uh, also accompanied by the emergence of this uh, massive bureaucracy. The military have been uh, strengthened in it. They've been brought into the economic uh, process and you have a very corrupt uh, regime, which we as socialists have to criticise and put forward uh, uh, an independent uh, socialist uh, position, but one which is based at this stage of opposing the attempts of uh, imperialism to intervene, which will result in even greater catastrophe uh, for the uh, Venezuelan peoples if that intervention was successful. And so I suppose obviously the opposition is taking um, advantage and gaining support, like you've said, on the basis of some of the failings that you've just outlined on the uh, bureaucratisation, the lack of democracy, the social um, catastrophe really that people yeah. are facing, the economic problems and so on. Uh, but what does that opposition really represent? You know, Who are the opposition? Well, that's a very important question. You see, one of the problems they've had, because they've had attempted movements against Maduro before uh, in the last few years, but they've always collapsed. And one of the reasons is you've had big divisions in the opposition. You have a far-right paramilitary-style layer of the opposition, another layer uh, who are uh, want to pursue what they would dub a more constitutional, uh, road and uh, path, and that led to big divisions in them. But all of them, uh, of the leaders, represent the interests of Venezuelan capitalism. All of them come from those who supported the coup in 2002 or <clears throat> who had supported uh, uh, an, an attack on the reform package of uh, Chavez and uh, have defended the interests of the oligarchs and uh, the rich. And should they come to power, uh, they try to capitalise on the economic collapse. And they have succeeded in doing that, not just amongst the middle class, which has been their main base up to now. They have now have attracted, initially anyway, to uh, their demonstrations, some sections of the working class who are so desperate because of the economic uh, uh, collapse. Although that appears to have been uh, reversed in the last few days. Because you know people initially joined the demonstration because of their dissatisfaction uh, with the Maduro government, but then with Trump's intervention, placing military intervention from the U.S. on the agenda, uh, that has terrified the lot. Who, who said, "Well, we're not happy with the Maduro government, but that does not mean to say that we want the U.S. military <laughs> in in control. We don't want to go into a, an Iraq-style uh, situation of U.S. imperialism coming in to seize the oil." Uh, of which, of course, Venezuela has uh, vast uh, amounts. So that's what you have in terms of the opposition. Um, And they're just the representatives of the oligarchs, but they're demagogic 
they're presenting themselves as the champions of democracy. These are the very people that tried a military coup in 2002 uh, itself, have had a policy of economic sabotage from the very beginning of uh, the Chavez uh, regime. And should they come to power, representing the uh, oligarchs in the Venezuelan uh, ruling class, they will unleash a vicious campaign against socialists, against trade unionists, and against uh, workers in general, because this, the leadership of this right wing, notwithstanding their rhetoric today, they will come, if they succeed in coming back to power, they will come back with a mentality of wanting revenge on the revolutionary movement uh, and the movement uh, which is encroached, and it has encroached, on some of the interests of capitalism, and they'll be out for revenge. And in some uh, form, it will be a, a bloody revenge on some sections of the... Uh, of trade unionists and, uh, and and workers, if they're successful, and it's far from certain that they are going to be uh, uh, successful at this stage. Uh, but we have to see it's going to be a struggle over the course of the next uh, days and weeks, and we have to see how that uh, develops. So you've pointed out um, that the opposition is being backed by basically all the forces of international capitalism coming behind them. Um, what do you think we can expect to see? from uh, Trump and the you know leaders of the European countries that have come out um, behind the opposition and so on as we go forward? I think it's uh, there's, there's already a division. You see, Trump and uh, his advisor, Bolton, has, uh, have been, uh, had an agenda. They wanted to go into Venezuela to remove the Maduro government for a whole uh, period. And they, they uh, themselves would not discount a military or a partial military intervention. Well, it's a full-scale land intervention. We have to see it might be more the deployment of uh, paramilitary forces uh, and squads to assist uh, the, uh, the right in, uh, in Venezuela that, that um, will go in. That's their position, but they've been checked by other sections of the US ruling class and also by European uh, capitalism. European capitalism now wants the Maduro regime out but they're not uh, happy because they've got more grasp of what the consequences of a military intervention would be and they're not going to uh, back that and will probably oppose it or big sections of the European uh, ruling classes uh, would do. So you see a division has opened up uh, in, in relation to that. Trump may be checked and may be uh, held back uh, but they have a problem because they've broken the number one law, the first law, if you're going to organise a military coup, uh, the first thing you need to ensure is that you've got the military on your side to carry it out. <laughs> and at the moment, the military in Venezuela is staying with Maduro. Uh, and partly because they, is because they have their own vested interests uh, milita militarily and uh, economically. Uh, they've gained enormously as part of this new wing of the Bolivar Gazia, which the military form an important part of that. Um, and the key question is, without the military, will they be able to overthrow the Maduro government? The question is, with the economic sanctions, it could just plunge the country into utter destitution, and you have an element of that now, which could see the uh, erosion of the regime. However, having attempted this counter-revolution, with Trump wading in, even threatening the question of uh, US intervention, because of the whole history of Latin America, that has enraged whole sections of the Venezuelan population. 
and, and, and looks like it has given the Maduro regime a new boost and basis of support that it could rest on uh, uh, for, for a whole period. And we shouldn't discount a peculiar position um, whereby, as a consequence of US imperialism's intervention, Maduro could be pushed in the course of this to take even more dramatic measures to strike out against uh, capitalism. Uh, and take further measures of expropriation against sections of the capitalist class. You couldn't rule that out now. But he's threatened uh, with justification that if the Americans want to occupy and move in to uh, Venezuela, they should expect a Vietnam-type uh, situation. And that would provoke a reaction, not just in Venezuela. Should Trump go down that lunatic path, it would uh, provoke a, a ferocious reaction throughout the whole of Latin America because of the whole history of it. And we have to add, factor in there, uh, and this is a, an important point with the Venezuelan military, we're talking here of Venezuela and the uh, Colombia. This is the land of uh, Simon Bolivar, who led the, uh, 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 the mass wars of independence against the Spanish, and that was the cardinal base. His base was in uh, Venezuela. And he, uh, the war that was conducted there runs right through the psychology of the masses. And that liberation movement, which was on a capitalist basis uh, then, but nevertheless has etched into the consciousness of the masses with everything that has happened since, an attempted military intervention is going to provoke a ferocious uh, response um, if they do it. Probably Trump will be compared to, to hold back. Although they will then go for a policy of sanctions and maybe uh, backing up uh, the right wing, supplying them with uh, maybe death squads, and you could have an element of a civil war developing in Venezuela, but they have the problem, what happens with the military? Without the military, what can they do? So um, the Socialist Party has uh, a sister party in uh, Venezuela, um, and obviously what you've outlined is that we are critical of the Maduro regime, um, but we're also completely opposed to these attempts to, to bring him down. So... What are we putting forward about what needs to happen now? Well, we, what our comrades in Venezuela are arguing, the comrades in the Esquerda Revolucionaria, what they're demanding is uh, the mass mobilisation of the Venezuelan working class for a revolutionary front to be formed of all the dissident rank-and-file Chavista movements of the trade unions, uh, which should be mobilised in committees of defence, committees of action, uh, for occupation of the factories, and a struggle uh, should be unleashed uh, to really drive the revolution forward in a more healthy socialist uh, direction, uh, to overthrow capitalism and establish a genuine system of workers' democracy uh, and based on workers' control and democratic workers' management of the economy. And that has to be linked, because of the economic collapse, with an appeal to the rest of the workers of Latin America. And we have to say a big opportunity was lost in the revolutionary upheavals uh, which took place in Venezuela after 2002, because it took place against the background of a revolutionary movement where reaction was defeated in um, Bolivia. The coming to power of a radical uh, left government, uh, Correa in uh, Ecuador, and other developments in the continent, has Chavez overthrown capitalism together with Bolivia, uh, with Morales in Bolivia, with Correa in Ecuador, to linking up with Cuba, they could have formed a voluntary socialist federation of, uh, of those states. 
which could have begun the task of an appeal to and um, putting together an alternative beyond one country uh, to appeal to the rest of the workers of Latin America and to the workers of uh, North America as well. Now, that would have had a phenomenal international uh, repercussion at the time had they been prepared to take those uh, measures. We should put it in its context. It was only a few years after those developments that you saw the revolutionary movement in Greece. Imagine if we'd have had a Solstice Federation of uh, Venezuela, Bolivia, Ecuador and Cuba if Greece had then uh, joined in and been linked up, the basis for an appeal throughout Latin America and indeed to the countries of Spain and Portugal in the south of Europe, the road would have been open for that. But unfortunately, because uh, they weren't prepared, the leaders were not prepared to complete that revolutionary process, that opportunity was lost. And now we have the re-emergence of this threat of counter-revolution in uh, Venezuela, which of course has also uh, come on the heels of the counter-revolution and the victory of uh, Bolsonaro in Brazil uh, as well. So to finish where we started then, um, you mentioned that there are big lessons uh, of this experience for uh, Corbynism here, for Jeremy Corbyn and for those who are supporting him. Um, What do you think those lessons are? I think there's two lessons. One, unfortunately, because Jeremy and uh, some of the other socialists on the left have adopted an uncritical attitude towards Maduro. And of course, we oppose the right-wing attempts of counter-revolution. But because they've been uncritical and they've just been cheerleaders, because of the the, uh, the methods that have used been, been used by Maduro, uh, which we wouldn't uh, defend, unfortunately, they've allowed themselves to be exposed to attacks uh, and criticism from uh, Theresa May, and from the, the capitalists. And they're going to use this in the uh, forthcoming general election here. As they've used it in Spain, uh, as being used as a club, as it was in uh, in uh, Brazil as well, in the election campaign, the, Venezuela has been used as a club because of the uh, uh, social catastrophe uh, which exists to beat the left. This is another example of the failure of socialism. It's not a failure of socialism. It's a failure of an attempt to introduce a reform a reform capitalism and have a more humane form of, uh, of capitalism is what has failed uh, here. But the lessons will be, if Corbyn comes to power, attempts a radical uh, programme of reform, which we hope he would, we would support the radical reforms, but they will be uh, subject <clears throat> to a whole uh, campaign and struggle of sabotage, of uh, economic uh, sabotage, uh, and other measures that they would take to try and destabilize a, a government. And that is the fundamental lesson. If the Corbyn government coming to power wants to introduce lasting reforms in the interest of working people throughout uh, uh, Britain, then he's going to have to be prepared also to mobilize the working class, to stand up against uh, the ruling class, the capitalist uh, class uh, in general, and to take the necessary measures to, uh, to, to abolish capitalism by bringing to public ownership uh, the major companies, the banks, and introducing a system of democratic workers' control, a democratically socialist-planned economy, because if he doesn't uh, prepare to take those measures, he will fall victim to economic sabotage, to uh, flights of capital, uh, and other measures that they will uh, introduce to destabilise the government and trigger an economic crisis through a run on the pound, uh, etc., which will then be used to undermine uh, a future Corbyn government. And that's the primary lesson we have to draw from uh, 
uh, these upheavals which are, are shaking uh, Venezuela to its foundation at the present time. Okay, thanks very much for joining us, Tony. You can read more on the current situation in Venezuela, but also our analysis of events under Chavez by checking out the episode notes at socialistparty.org.uk forward slash podcast. Email us your thoughts or questions on anything Tony said or suggestions for future episodes to socialismpodcast at socialistparty.org.uk. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review and subscribe in your podcast app.